Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Wesley, Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. Our mission is to reach, teach, and baptize throughout the world, beginning in our community, fulfilling the Great Commission by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. That simply means we're here to reach irreligious people and turn them into lifelong devoted followers of Jesus, equip them for a place of service in the church, and send them out on a mission for Christ in the world. We're glad you're with us today. I command blessings on you and your family today. Father, now we thank you for the privilege that we have of worship. We thank you for the songs. Thank you for the great music. Thank you for the old hymn. Thank you for the goodness of the Lord as we have expressed it. And now, Lord, as we open together your word, we pray for the guidance and manifestation of your Holy Spirit. Pray that you would speak to us and through us in this moment. Bless each heart, each soul, each mind. And we'll hear, not only hear your word, but we'll heed it. That we will be changed and we'll be different. Go forward, believe in what we know. Standing clearly on your word. Bless us now in the name of your son Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I know we can, we can, we can church it like that all day. But I want to, there's more to it. That's a part of it. But we got to get to this part too. Amen. So I want to, 
I want to remind you of what we are seeking to do in these opening weeks of the new year. We're seeking to give you some nuggets or formula for how to have a great year. We open by talking about how to make a fresh start. And we took the letters of the word start and, and spelled that out. We have to start by stop making excuses, taking inventory of our life, acting in faith, refocusing our thought process, and trusting God. Then last week we talked about stop crying over spilled milk, over the mistakes of the past, over the hurts and disappointments of others who did not quite meet or come up to our expectation. And this morning I want to give you the third element to that formula, but it's found in the Old Testament book of First Chronicles chapter 4. Verses 9 and 10, and you have some familiarity with these words. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the name of the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed. And enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. This is the word of God for the people of God. So what's the third element? Pray. Pray. If you want to have a great year, you have to pray. And, and, and not just pray because there are different kinds of prayers. There's a prayer of adoration where we put all the emphasis on God and God's glory and God's name and God's honor. And then there is a, a, a prayer of confession where we may spend the majority of the time confessing to God those ills and those issues and those wrong things that have caused us to trip up. And then there are prayers of thanksgiving where we can spend the entire prayer just thanking God for the many blessings that he has bestowed upon us. But this is a prayer of supplication. And supplication means you make your request known to God and Jabez makes a request here that God heard, answered and honored and I want you to know that if you can pray during the new year that God will hear you and God will honor you but now I don't want to get you confused I want to tell you that there's some controversy that's surrounding this particular passage and the controversy is not because the passage is in the Bible. The passage has been there all along. But in 19, should I say in the year 2000, there was a man named Bruce Wilkinson who wrote a book 
And the book was called The Prayer of Jabez. And he took these verses and, and, and it became one of the best sellers on the New York Times list. And it became a very commercialized, uh, not only book, but people began to sell mugs, they began to sell keychains, and they began to sell t-shirts and everything, and, and the whole community, uh, it almost became a, 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 a real source of evil instead of the good that was intended. Prayer journals were developed. And, and the charismatic church, the Pentecostal church in particular, particular, took it to a whole nother level. And there were people who were criticizing that by saying that the prayer of Jabez was not an appropriate prayer to pray because people were making it as if God said, all you have to do is name it and claim it. And, and I want you to understand this morning that that's the controversial side. But there's more to this than just what was controversial. There is deep truth here. And God wants you to pray supplemental prayers where you make requests known unto God. And God will hear and answer your prayer. But you must know what is God's will. Now, what I, what I want you to understand is when you learn what the will of God, it will indicate that you know the word of God. Because the word of God and the will of God are one and the same. When you are praying the word of God, you are praying the will of God. And when you're praying the will of God, I assure you, you're going to be praying the word of God. And, and God hears his word, and God honors his word, and God will bless his word. And, 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 and Jabez lived years before ever hearing of a man named Bruce Wilkerson. So this, this prayer was already embedded in Scripture. And a firm part of the holy record. And we know from Paul's writing to Timothy that all scripture is given by God. And is profitable for doctrine and instruction so that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly furnished and equipped in all of the things that's necessary. So in order to be equipped for the new year. We, we not only need to know how to start, and we not only need to know how to dry those tears from past mistakes, but we also need to know how to ask God for the things that we need in our life. And that's where I want to help you to see this morning. Is it all right? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you some, some, some background here. This, this book, Chronicles, is a book we don't look in much. Uh, First Chronicles is called, but there's a second book that follows it that's called Second Chronicles. And both of them really were one book. And what it is, it is a history of the nation of Israel. And it is a history 
that has already been stated because it was stated in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel and stated again in 1 Kings and 2 Kings and is repeated now in 1 and 2 Chronicles. But the difference is the way it opens. The, 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 the chronicler who is believed to have been Ezra the scribe and Nehemiah, who had been the cupbearer in, in uh, uh, Babylon, Persia, uh, when they came back out of captivity, may have penned this history. But it's not limited to just their period of time because this is the record of all of Israel history. And so they use sources. When a man is writing history, he has to have sources. So he used not only what the kings had written and what uh, Samuel had written in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, but he used some of what the psalmist had written. He used the first five books of the Bible, what Moses had written, the Pentateuch. And he used the book of Judges and he used the book of Ruth. And he even used some of the prophetic writings of Jeremiah and the Lamentations, all to assemble his great history. Now, the opening of history is a chronological series of genealogies. So this book, First Chronicles, opens with genealogies. And it starts with the, the genealogy of Adam. Adam was the first man. So it tells us who Adam begot. And Adam begot sons, and they begot sons, and they begot sons. So he gives that history. And then he goes from Adam all the way till he gets to Jacob. And he changes Jacob's name to Israel because that's what happened when Jacob wrestled with the angel. He wrestled with the angel, and the angel said, no longer will your name be called Jacob but your name is now going to be called Israel. So he gives the sons of Jacob, the sons of Israel, and who they begot, and who they begot. And then he goes all the way to David, and he says, and David had sons, and they begot, and they begot, and they begot, and they begot. And then he goes to, to, to Caleb, and that's what really puts the, the text in its appropriate setting because Caleb's history then comes up during the invasion, or should I say the occupation of Canaan. Caleb had been one of the 12 spies that went into the land and only Caleb and Joshua brought a positive report. That said, yes, there are giants in the land, but the Lord has given us the land, so let's go up at once and take possessions. So the setting of this historical context of right here in First Chronicles is during the period of the judges. But the chronicle didn't want to stay there, so he shifts and he gives us the history of Judah, the tribe of Judah, and the sons of Judah begot and begot, and begot, and begot. And then, then in the middle of giving Judah's sons that had begotten who and who had begotten what? 
Then all of a sudden, in the middle of all of this beginning and begotten, Jabez appears on the screen. And out of nowhere, no other person, no other passage in these first four chapters where there's any commentary made, but the commentary is brief right here, and it says, and Jabez was more honorable than all his brethren. Now, now you, 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 got to, you got to know, we're going we're gonna to talk about Jabez. Some people call him Jabez. I like to call him Jabez. Jabez is proper, but Jabez sounds better. <laughs> and I'm an old country boy from the city, <laughs> so I like to say Jabez. And uh, either way you want to pronounce it, that's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about him. And, and the Bible says he was more honorable than his brethren. Now, you have to ask yourself, what, what makes a man honorable? What makes a person an honorable person? And how is it that that one person can stick out and be singled out to be someone different and above the rest of those who are listed in these genealogies? Well, just, just be very practical. Men and women who serve in the armed forces of the United States, if they serve lawfully and if they serve obediently and follow the rules and return when they're supposed to after furloughs and not go AWOL, when their service time is done, they're given what's called an honorable discharge, which means they have followed the rules. They have obeyed their superiors. They have carried out the service that was expected of them, and therefore, they are considered honorable. You, you, you think about young people who are in school, children, and they have something that they call honor roll. Well, what puts a kid on the honor roll when everybody else's name doesn't go up there? It means that they not only followed the rules, but they exceeded in some areas. They exceeded the academic expectations, and they fulfilled to the satisfaction and beyond that satisfaction of what was demanded of them. And consequently, they were, their names are placed on a place called an honor roll. Here, Jabez stands out. Among a pagan culture, among men and generations whose names have been rehearsed through the history of Israel, and God singles him out and says, Jabez is more honorable than his brothers. What, what, what can we know? We can know that he must have followed the rules. We must know that he had to have been obedient to God. We, we, we need to know that he had to have respect for his fellow man. And, and, and we know that, it, that he cared, obviously, about his family and his community. So much so that God pointed him out. And, and see, see, Ezra would not have known him. And, and, and no one would have known him because his name was not written on a neighborhood plaque. But this was revealed by the spirit of almighty God that this man was more honorable. And I think that the reason he was more honorable 
is because it says he called on the name of the God of Israel. In other words, he was a praying man. And if you want to live an honorable life, if you want to live a good life as you go into the new year, you at least ought to be a praying man or a praying woman. Because something about prayer, it changes things. And not only will prayer change things, prayer will change circumstances. Prayer will change people. Prayer will change how you feel about the circumstances that you're dealing with. How I many know that if you call on God's name, oh Lord, you somebody in the eyes of the Lord. And if you know what his words say and you talk to him about his word, you can be sure God will hear your prayer. And so I want you to understand, yes, you can know how to start and you can dry those tears from past mistakes. But if you really want to have a great year, you learn how to pray. Jabez was more honorable than his mother. Now, now where did that name Jabez come from? It, 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 it comes from his mama. <laughs> that's natural, isn't it? He got it from his mama. <laughs> that's, that's what we would say. See, children, when they were born in the Jewish culture, did not receive a name until the eighth day. When a boy was presented, he was to be circumcised. That is, to be made a son of the Jewish law. And at that time, he would be assigned a name. And Jabez's mother gave him the name Jabez. Now, Jabez is not written anywhere in Hebrew history. And these letters of his name really doesn't make any sense in Hebrew. But when you look theologically, you understand what happened. She really meant pain. And she took the letters of pain and put them in reverse. And putting them in reverse, she came up with Jabez, whose name means pain. Ah, what did she do from a theological standpoint? She looked back to the fall. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden, they disobeyed God and they fell. What did they fall from? They fell from grace and they brought a curse upon the whole society. And when God came down in the cool of the eve to dole out the punishment, he said to the woman, because you have done this, that is, you participated in this eating of this forbidden fruit. In pain and in travel, you will bear children. And, and, and so, so Jabez's mama was looking all the way back that in pain, I, I, I bore this boy. And in travel, I brought him forth. But I, I think it's something else there, too. But you know that when God was in that doling out the punishment, he looked at Adam. He said, because you have done this, the sweat of your brow, you're going to earn your living. The ground is not readily going to yield you its fruit. Thorns and thistles it's going to give. And from dust you came, dust you shall return. He introduced physical death to the society. And then he said to the serpent, to the snake, because you have done this, you participated in this, on your belly you're going to go all of the days of your life and you're going to lick dust. That's why snakes crawl. But it was more than just the snake that was in the garden. It was Satan who was occupying the serpent. 
And God said to him, and the seed of a woman is going to come. And you'll bruise his heel, but he's going to bash your head. He's going to end your reign on the earth. So not only was Jabez's mama looking back to the garden at the pain that women would bear children in, she was also looking for somebody, maybe this baby, to reverse the curse. Because she named his name Jabez, which means pain. I think if you look at the text a little carefully, if you look at verse 5 of the text, you see that in verse 5 it says, And Asha, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Hela and Nera. Now, those were, that, that made life difficult during that time. That means a man could have more than one wife. And, and you do know that there were women in those days who had more, had, who, who one would be barren and the other one would be fruitful. That was the case of Hannah. She was married to a man, Elkanah. And he had two wives. One name was Peninnah. And she was able to bear children. And Hannah was barren. And Peninnah made fun of her. She laughed at her, ah, ha, 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 I can bear him children and you can't. And Hannah prayed. She said, Lord, just give me a son. Let me, let me shut her up. Just give me one. And God gave her a son and she named him Samuel and gave him back to the Lord. So she wasn't the only one. I believe Jabez's mama must have been in a similar kind of competition. And so not only did she have the pain of childbirth, she had the pain of being in a situation that would be uncomfortable for any woman to have the competitive notion that here are two women in the same house and both trying to have children for the same man. Lord, have mercy. You can't tell me that would not be a problem. That's a problem today. As a matter of fact, that's the problem of murder she wrote. <laughs> and so in pain, she had a child. And she named his name to be a constant reminder of the difficulty that she had. His name is Jabez. And, and, and so she put a, a, a curse in a real sense on this boy's life. She, she put a hex over him by saying, you, you're going to be a painful fella. You're going to experience pain. You're going to live pain. You're going to cause pain. And if that's not a motivation for prayer, I don't know what is. But the Bible said that Jabez, because he was more honorable than his brothers, he called on the name of the God of Israel. And now, 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 now let's talk about that. God of Israel. Who, who is the God of Israel? Israel was Jacob. He was the grand, he was one of the patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were the very ones that God himself had appeared to and made a promise that they would inherit a seed. And that seed would one day bless the whole world. Abraham was barren, you know. He didn't have, his wife was barren. They were old people and had not had a child. And God was still saying, oh, Sarah going to have a child. And that child uh, is going to have another child. And I'm going to bless you with so many children that you'll have as many as the grains of the sand on the seashore. As the stars in heaven. Abraham died without seeing that promise totally fulfilled. 
but his offspring did. Because even God said, in you, meaning in your seed, there's going to come one who's going to reverse the curse. Talking about the coming of Jesus. And so here, here Jabez is thinking, maybe I can reverse the curse. So he called on the name of the Lord God of Israel. The God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God of heaven and earth, the God who is the creator and maker of all things, the God who scooped the dust of the ground and formed man and blew into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul, the God who blinked his eye and, and, the, and the skies showed up, and the God who clapped his hands and mountains and valleys were formed, the God who, who spoke and said, let there be, and things start showing up. That's who he called on. He knew who God was. He lived, and what's so ironic is, he lived in a pagan culture. He lived at the time of the judges. And the time of the judges was a time when all of the people of Israel did what was right in their own sight. But the, the commentary in the scripture is that, but it was evil in the sight of the Lord. And as a result of that period of time, it says, and there arose a generation that knew not the Lord. So these were some hard times. These were some evil times. But this boy was an eagle. He was not going to fly in the flock with the pigeons. He was going to soar alone. And he rose above those of his generation. And he called on the God of Israel. Listen, if you want to be different, call on the God who made heaven and earth. Call on the God who is the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We live in a day and a time when his word is publicized. We live in a day and a time when his books are being written in all kinds of versions. But we live in a day and a time when men are walking away from calling on his name. But if you want to be honorable in this society, you call on the name of the Lord. Don't worry about what political party. Don't worry about what side of the track. You just be a prayer. You be a man or a woman who knows how to call on him in the morning. Call on him for guidance. Call on him for direction. And he will hear your prayer. And he will come through. And Jabez called on the name of the God of Israel. And what, what did he say, see? Now, I, I know Bruce Wilkerson took these words. And he made a fortune out of them, but these words were there. Before Bruce Wilkins. This didn't come up, the Wilkinson book didn't come up to 2000. This is an ancient history. And these words that Jabez prays are words that you and I can pray. Not as a magic formula, not because they are rabbit foot, because if the rabbit foot was so lucky, he wouldn't have lost his foot. So, so this, this, this is not mystery here. This is instruction. Listen to what he says. He, he, he cries out to God, oh! Sometimes that's all you can say, isn't it? Oh! But then he said, oh God, that, that you would bless me indeed. Oh, don't, 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 don't just give me an ordinary blessing. Bless, bless, bless me within one of those indeed kinds. <laughs> One of those that, that, that stand out. Don't, don't you know it's all right to talk to God like that? 
God, God who made this world and all of its beauty and all of its variety of activities and opportunities. He made it to be the home of the human. He made it and he made you to be the apex and the charge of all of his creation. He made you to enjoy fellowship with himself and to enjoy the creation. So you can have an indeed blessing. God made you to have peace. And God made you to be people of love. And God made you to be people of prosperity. Now, I'm not talking about health, wealth, and prosperity, but I'm talking about what God has promised. And God, Psalm 37 said, and verse 4, that he will give you the desires of your heart. Why will he do it? Because he places them there. And, and do you know what really happens when you pray? You don't pray because you're just uttering words or because you have a wonderful vocabulary. Usually when I pray, I pray because God is pressing on some nerve on the inside. And he's forcing me to think about something that I really need or some circumstance that's in my life that I can't handle. And he presses me and he makes me say things and he makes me think things and he makes me feel some kind of way. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to say. I just know that I want to talk to my father. And when I'm talking to him in the process, whatever he brings up, it is because he has pushed it out. And Jabez is being pushed. God is pushing him. Look, boy, you don't have to be like everybody else. You already have chosen a different path. And so Jabez cries out, oh, oh, that thou would, would, would bless me then. Indeed. Oh, I don't know how you feel, but I believe this year holds an indeed blessing for me. I, I believe that God has something special in mind for me this year. Is there anybody here who believes that God has a special blessing? Like Bob said, he got a blessing with your name on it. He got a blessing with my name on it. Uh, he got some general things that he wants for all of us, but he has some specific things that I believe he wants for me. And, and you got to be able to, to believe that when you pray. Listen at what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you pray, uh, if you don't believe it, look at Mark 11, verse 24. He said, when you pray, believe that you will receive these things and you shall have them. So, so I know prayer uses words, but it's more than words. It's words and faith. So you got to use your words, but you also got to use your faith. So Jabez said, bless me indeed. So he's using his words and he's releasing his faith. So when I pray and I ask God to bless me this year and to bless me indeed, I'm using my words, but I'm also releasing my faith because I, I expect what is faith is still the substance of things hoped for, not what I yet have, but the evidence of things not seen. See, I was walking the other day, and on the ground, I saw a penny. And most people kick the penny, but I pick up the penny. And every time I pick up the penny, I read the head of it and say, in God, I trust. So I remind myself, God, this is just a down payment on what you got coming. Bless me. Indeed. And then not only does, it, does he say, bless me with, with, with your character, bless me with your personhood, bless me with your love. Then he says this, and, and, and keep, no, no, he says, enlarge my, 
my coast, which means my territory. Now let's understand what he's meaning. Because if he lived in the period of the judges, it means it was during the time of the conquest of Canaan, where they were trying to settle into the land, and they had to fight. Because there were Canaanites there, there were Hivites there, there were Hittites there, there were Girgashites there, there were Amorites there, there were Jebusites there. And, and when they came into the land, God did not drive out all of those nations. And so they had, they had to fight. And, and you do know that, that they knew what they were fighting for. Because Moses, before he went to heaven, he divided up the land by tribes. And each tribe had a territory or land that they were supposed to occupy. And so Jabez wasn't saying, oh, God, give me some new place I ain't never been to before. No, he was saying, Lord, God, give me the strength. Give me the power to take what you've already promised. <laughs> oh, man, y'all missing it. I'm preaching too fast. Listen, God doesn't have to give you anything new. You just need to claim what he's already designated you to have. You know, one writer used to put it like this. Don't, Lord, don't, don't, you know, give me a new mountain. Just give me the strength to climb the one I'm in front of. And that's what you got to understand. That Jabez was crying when he said, enlarge my territory, enlarge my coast. He, God, you've already laid out what it is. It, it's there in a position, but it's not in my possession. <laughs> it's there on the books in heaven, but it's not yet a part of my life. It's there in your divine plan, but I haven't laid hold of it yet. And so I just need you to give me the strength to overcome the enemies that are blocking me from grabbing a hold of what you already said is mine. <laughs> Listen, I don't need God to give me your blessing. I just want God to give me the strength to lay hold on what he has already laid out for me. Are you following that? And that's, that, that, if you want to have a good year, all you want to do is just become who God wants you to be. It's to grab what God has already laid out for you to grab. You know, God could give you, somebody might be praying, God, give me a new job, give me a new job, and then he give you the new job. You say, now, Lord, deal with these folk in this office or deal with these other folk, you know. So Jabez was including all of that. If you're going to enlarge the territory, give me the power that I need to subdue the enemies that's occupying the territory that I'm going to take that you've already said is mine. Oh, man, you don't have to compete with nobody. What God has for me is for me. What God has for you, it is what? For you. I'm not talking about naming and claiming. No, I'm saying do understand what God has said. Jabez understood what God had promised. And he's just praying for the promise of God to be fulfilled. So enlarge my territory. Then he says something else. He says, and keep your hand <laughs> on me. Oh, God, please, don't, don't, don't leave me to my own devices. I listen, I, I, I know I will mess it up. Don't leave me to myself. You know, because listen, see, there, there are two sources 
Well, it's really one source of evil. They just emanate from two different destinations. One uh, is on the inside. I got enough uh, ugly stuff in here. And the truth is you got enough ugly stuff in you. And left to your own self, you can come up with some stuff that could be ruinous to you and could be hellacious to somebody else. <laughs> How many know it? Don't raise your hand. Just wave. Just blink your eye. You know it. You know, God, if you don't, if you don't keep me, if, if you don't keep a watch over my tongue, if, if you don't set a lid over this, man, some of the stuff that might come out might be devastated. Some of those bombs that might <laughs> explode from within. Oh, y'all, I know y'all holy, but you know I'm telling you the truth. So keep me from. Keep me from the evil that's within, but then also keep me from the evil that's, that's in other folk. So you got, you got some other folk that got some stuff in them too. And, and it's apparent. It's being released every day in the world. You, you're seeing the level of hatred, and you're seeing the level of criminality and all kinds of things, man, where people will chase people down and gun them down. What people were, I mean, in the busy intersection, drive by, ride by, ride up homes, all kinds of things. You got folk who shoot bombs and, and missiles from other places to destroy targets that they can't even see. You, you got people who plant diseases and cause pandemics and epidemics to break out in the world because they are evil scientists. And rather than using their knowledge for good, they use their knowledge to try to see how they can dismantle a society. You got evil people who use their brilliance to understand how to be more criminal in their activity, how to use cyber intelligence to take away your stuff. And you sitting at home looking at your bank account and your money is disappearing right before your very eye. Oh, don't God keep me not only from myself, but keep me from the evil that's in this world, in this society, in these times. Keep me. By your keeping power. What do you mean keep me? It means guide me. It means direct me. Keep your hand on me. Show me where to go. Pull me back if I'm going the wrong way. To make sure I'm going the right way. Said this morning, man, I remember I took the boys to the fair when they were young, little fellas. And, and I had them both together because it was a big crowd at the fair. And, and they, they looked up and they saw something over there that they wanted to go to. And they, they tried to break away. To go, but I had my hand on them. <laughs> and because I had my hand on them, I was able to pull them back. No, that's not where we're going. We're going this way. But daddy, we want to go. No, we're going this way. And because my hand was strong on them, they couldn't break out and go their own way. Can I tell somebody about the security that's in the hand of God? Do you know what Jesus said in, in John chapter 10? He said, He said, once you are in my hand. No man can, can pluck you out. Oh, the hand of God. Oh, man, that's where I want to be. When the doctor shake his head and says, nothing else I can do, but says in the Lord's hand, that's whose hand I want to be in. His hands are secure. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When you are tucked away in God's hiding place, hide me over, thou great Jehovah. Put me in the place that no one can get to me. 
Jesus not only said that, but Paul says it in Romans 8. What can separate us from the love of God? Neither height nor depth nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. For I am persuaded, I am convinced that nothing or no one can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, because the hand of God is a secure place. So keep, look, look what a prayer. Keep your hand on me so that the evil can't come out of me. And so that the evil from other folk won't do me no harm. And, you know, Jabez was saying, he said, he said, so that I might not be the cause of pain. See, that, that, that's, that's why I need God to keep his hand on me. Because I, I, I don't want me to mess me up. Oh, y'all missed it. I, I know I said it fast. Because I know that they are haters. They always hate us. And they always got you folk. And they always people who want to say, see, I told you. See, that's just what I thought. Uh-huh. See, I keep your hand on, on me. You know, and, 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 and they, they said, I don't want to be the source of somebody else's pain. I, I don't want the, the, the fulfillment of what has already been predicted about my life to come true. My mother said in pain she bore me. My mother said that I would be the cause of pain for others. And I don't want that prophetic word to come true. I want to reverse the curse. And in order to reverse the curse, I need somebody who has the power to reverse the curse. I don't know whether Jabez understood what he was saying, but in case he missed it, I know who has the power to reverse the curse. If it was proper that one man whose name was Adam could mess us up, then it was proper that one man whose name is Jesus can fix us up. Jabez might not have known the name of Jesus, but I know the name. I know somebody who can pick me up, who can brush me off, who can turn me around, who can place my feet on solid ground. I know somebody who can keep my enemies away. I know somebody who make my enemies my footstool. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not walk. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk among foolish people, <laughs> I fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me, prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Noise my head with oil. Now I know what. If God stays with me, surely goodness, twin angels, shall follow me all of the days of my life until at last I settle in the place that I'll be with him forevermore. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? Keep your hand, God. Anybody feel that way this morning? Bless me indeed. Bless me real good. 
bless me with the kind of thing that people just have to stand back and say, God did that. If you want to, bless me with a Scooby-Doo blessing. You know what a Scooby-Doo blessing is? That's one of those kind you can't even explain. People say, where it come from? You go, bless me like that. Bless me indeed. Let me claim whatever it is that you have in store for me for this year. Enlarge my territory, but keep your hand on me so that I don't mess me up and I don't let nobody else mess me up and I don't become the fulfillment of the prophetic word that said we told you so. I don't want to be the source of pain for myself. I don't want to be the source of pain for no one else. So I don't know what you're going to do this year. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Doors open. Doors of the church open. If somebody's praying right now, this can be a difference maker for you. This can be the day that your life changed. You can ask God to bless you. You can ask God to come into your heart right where you sit. And the Lord will hear you. That's what ought to be your prayer now. Just whisper it while you hear it song. But you can't say it if you don't believe it. Sing it with conviction. Come on, y'all. Somebody might be here today. Anybody want it? want the Lord to increase. Listen, listen at the story right here. Keep your hand. Keep your hand upon me that no evil can not harm me. Sunshine and rain sickness and pain God I am 
excuses for your failures you're going to have to take an inventory of your life you're going to have to act in faith you're going to have to refocus your thought processes and you're going to have to trust God then you're going to have to stop crying over spilled milk the mistakes of yesterday that's locked in the yesteryear but what you can do, you can pray. And you can pray that God would bless you indeed. And you can pray that God will enlarge your territory, allow you to take a hold of what he has already laid out for you to have. You can ask God to keep his hand on you so that nothing comes out of you that will put you and others at risk and nothing that no one else can do to you that will put you in harm's way so that you don't become what the world would expect the prophecy of pain but rather that you become the man or woman that God intends. Hey friends, this is your friend again, Dr. Michael Wesley. Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm back again to talk about this book. We've introduced this book to you before, and we want to tell you a little bit more about it today. We want to talk today about the impact that materials can have. All of us are impacted by something. We're impacted by experiences. We're impacted by things that we have heard and seen and experienced in our life. And this book really shares a lot of the impact that has been made in my life through 48 years or 45 years of being married, 50 years of being with the same lady. And I tell you, when I first got married, there were a lot of things I just did not know. 
But over the years and over the times, I've gained tremendous insights and I've written down those insights and made them available in this book. Friends, in addition to the book that we have been discussing, So You Want to Be Married, I've also been fortunate enough to share insight and impact through other books that we have written. The first book that we ever wrote was When God Changes the Church, It Becomes the Church for the Unchurch. The second book is a very important book, Pathways to Church Growth, Reaching the Unchurched. And the third book, Everybody Deserves a Good Funeral. I've seen so many funerals, I've participated in quite a number, and there are mistakes sometimes that are made. This book gives great insight and comfort to those who are going through the process. And finally, the book that we're featuring today, So You Want to Be Married. Follow the prompts on the screen and find out how these impactful books may also impact your life. Friends, this is Michael Wesley, Senior Pastor of Greater Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. We really appreciate all of the love and support that you have shown to us through these broadcasts. We've been hearing from people and our friends all over, and we want you to pray about being a supporter and a prayer partner and a supporter of this television ministry. If you believe the Holy Spirit has ministered the Word of God to you and you'd like to see this ministry continue and to share it with your friends, please consider being a supporter. Follow the prompts on the screen. We would love to hear from you.